From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. How often do you think about the words that you use? Now, I'm sure that you think about if you're writing something, what words you're going to use, or if you're if you're trying to put something very delicately, you think about that. But how about just the everyday words, the casual words, the ones that you just throw off, the ones that you just kind of bang out in an email, the things that you just say as you're as you're responding to somebody casually? Do you think about those words? Probably not. And I am here to tell you, I think that's a missed opportunity. Let me give you an example. Okay, so I have a friend who works at a giant tech company, and she has built this program, uh, training program that she's then gone around and presented to giant groups. And it's when I say giant groups, like sometimes it's like 10,000 people, which is insane. That's like a small city. But that's just what it's like to work at these enormous companies, which is not something I know that much about having had my career in media. Anyway, so she will go and she'll do these presentations, and then she will get these amazing emails in response from people who say, this was so helpful. Thank you so much. This was such time well spent. I think differently about my work now, whatever, all these great things. And so my friend was showing me these emails that she got because she's proud of them. She's proud of the program. And also I've been helping her think through the program a little bit. And so I saw the emails and I said, these are great. But then I saw how she was responding to the emails. And that's where I said, wait a second, you aren't thinking enough about the words that you're using. You are missing an opportunity. And she says, what do you mean? I said, well, as it so happens, I put myself through this exercise quite recently with one particular kind of response that I was doing too often. And I just started to think, well, what would happen if I changed a word? Just a word. What would happen if I changed a single word in the response so that it became more intentional? It wasn't what I was just dashing off. It wasn't just a thing that flew out of my mouth. It was a word that came with purpose. What would happen if I drilled in to my own language with that level of diligence? And at this point, I know you're thinking, well, just tell me what the word is. Oh my gosh, what a buildup. And I will, I will. Here's what I'm going to do. This episode is going to be exploring language from two parts. One, I'm going to tell you the story of how I changed this one word. And then after that, I'm going to talk about words that people send me, pitches that people send me, and and how they're missing an opportunity there. So language in two parts. I'm sorry, I'm going to keep you in suspense on what this one word is. It's coming up after the break. In today's world of growing regulations and strict customer requirements, compliance is essential. And that's why there's Leica. Leica is a platform where businesses can pass security questionnaires from customers, adapt to newer regulations, and maintain all documents in one place. The platform's automations, workflows, and integrations make passing audits and minimizing risk easier than ever. And you don't have to worry about keeping up with new regulations because every customer gets a dedicated compliance officer to help them understand requirements, implement policies, and fulfill ongoing responsibilities. Leica's platform even builds and automates compliance for standards like SOC2 and HIPAA with hands-on experience each step of the way. So if that sounds like an amazing solution for your giant compliance headache, then here's what you got to do. 
Problem Solvers listeners get 20% off when they join. Just visit heylika.com slash problem solvers to get their exclusive deal. That is H-E-Y-L-A-I-K-A dot com slash problem solvers to request a demo and get 20% off when you sign up with Leica. All right, we're back. So this is a non-interview episode. You're just talking to me here. I'm not talking to anybody else. And that's because I want to dig in on some things that I've been thinking and seeing around language and how we communicate. And the first part that I'm going to share comes from an editor's letter that I wrote in the September 2021 issue of Entrepreneur Magazine. It was about this word that I changed and how changing that word can change everything. And here it is. As an editor, I think a lot about language, but as a person living in the world, I overlook its importance too often, just as I'm sure you do. That is a missed opportunity. Language isn't only the articulation of our thoughts. Language helps shape how we think. Linguists have studied this for decades and have endless fascinating examples. Here's one I love. When you and I give directions, we use common English words. We say left or right and forward or back. These directions are centered on ourselves or other objects. We are often talking about something to the left of us. But an Aboriginal Australian community called the Thayor, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyway, the Thayor have no words like this. They instead use fixed orientations, north, south, east, west, arranging furniture. For example, they might tell you to move the couch southeast a little. Now, consider what those words do to their minds. For basic directions to make sense, they must always be aware of their orientation in the world, something English speakers are rarely aware of. In this way, language creates a prism through which we see our experience. And how can this be helpful to us, to you? Well, to start, here is how I started using it. For the longest time, I relied on the word enjoy. If I sent somebody a thing I made, I would say, I hope you enjoy it. If somebody complimented me on an article or a podcast, I would reply, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And that made sense in a way. I want people to enjoy my work. Enjoyment struck me as the highest level of accomplishment. But recently, I started to rethink this. I did a survey of my Build for Tomorrow podcast audience. You may know, or maybe you don't. Anyway, I have another podcast called Build for Tomorrow that digs into the stories that we tell ourselves about why things are scary. And and, and then I research them and debunk them and show you why you're not addicted to technology or participation trophies are not harming children. Anyway, that's Build for Tomorrow. So I did a survey of my Build for Tomorrow podcast audience, and I discovered that people don't actually say that they, quote unquote, enjoy the show. When you ask them why they listen, they say it helps them feel better about the future. And then I started to think about why people read Entrepreneur Magazine. Are they, are you reading for joy in the way that someone eats a cake for joy? I think it's unlikely. I suspect that people don't read the magazine because they want to read a magazine. They read Entrepreneur because they expect it to have knowledge that they find valuable. Therefore, those people, and you, if you are a reader of the magazine, you're not there for joy. You're there for enrichment. And sure, it's nice to enjoy that enrichment, but enjoyment alone is not the goal. If somebody wanted pure joy, they would probably do something else with their time. They would go eat a cake or watch a movie or something. And I should always be aware of that. I build better relationships with my audience and do my job better if my work is valuable rather than simply enjoyable. So how could I drill this into my head and start seeing my role differently? Well, here's what I did. I stopped 
using the word enjoy. I instead started using the word useful. Now, when I send somebody my work, I say, I hope you find this useful. When someone compliments me, I reply, I am so glad this was useful. Or sometimes I say valuable. It's one simple word change, but the impact on me has been profound. When I engage with someone, I constantly catch myself using the word enjoy, and now I course correct to useful, which in turn reminds me of the role I should play in other people's lives. Whenever I write something, I speak to myself with a greater mission. I ask myself things like, what subject would be most useful? What will my reader learn the most from? And you can do this too, no matter your role. What actions do you take? What relationships do you foster or goals do you work towards that rely upon unconsidered language? What small change could you use to shift your perspective, forcing you to think about your world and your role differently? It is impossible to consciously change our whole worldview, but we can change one simple word and see how the implications of that change ripple outward. It is as small but significant as the difference between telling someone to go right instead of east. Language matters. Words matter. And one at a time, we can shift them to our advantage. That's why I hope you found this part of this podcast useful and enjoyable. Okay, so that's, that's well, that was the column, but that's also basically what I told my friend at the big tech company. And then she started to reply differently as a result. She started to say, I'm so glad you found this useful. And it totally helped her, she said, focus on why she's doing this program. It's not, it's not to enjoy. It's not to entertain. It's to be useful. All right. When we come back, one more way to think about language and a change that you can make to make it better. Startups can outgrow their cloud computing power in pretty much the same way that a person outgrows their cell phone. You know, you invest in something that seems great at first, but then time passes and it starts to get clunky, but you don't upgrade for a while because it's too expensive and complicated, and so you end up sticking with this thing that just doesn't work. And in the case of a startup and cloud computing, that means that their tech is struggling and it's difficult handling the company's bigger needs, and they are not even confident that they can take on enterprise size clients. But Oracle has a solution for this, and it is called Oracle for Startups. The idea is that startups can gain access to the cloud computing power, expertise, and connections of a big dog like Oracle. Plus, with multi-cloud support and no vendor lock-ins, a startup can build whatever it needs. Now, a startup has the power to scale. So don't stay stuck. To get free cloud credits and 70% off Oracle's cloud services, go to oracle.com slash problem solvers. Again, that is oracle.com slash problem solvers. All right, we're back. So I promised two ways to think about language. The first one was changing a simple word. The second one is going to be about how often we speak or communicate or reach out or connect or whatever. How often are we using our words? and are we sometimes using them too often? I'm going to offer a little theory here. You want to stand out, hold your fire. You want to see how it works? Well, here is something a publicist just wrote me, which made me take notice immediately. She wrote this, quote, I save my emails for the ones I think slash hope you will be interested in, end quote. Now, that was at the top of a pitch that she sent me, and it is true. I very rarely hear from that publicist. I have met her many, many years ago, and I hear from her rarely. And when I do, her pitches are always very thoughtful, and so I always take the time to read them. And that's not to say that they're always on point or that I always say yes or whatever, but I definitely always pause 
And that, that should tell you something. Every time you reach out to someone, you have an opportunity to train them. You can either train them to associate your name with consistent quality or with constant noise. And it all depends on how much discretion you use. Most people, I think they choose noise. That is why I see a lot of the same names in my inbox. It is a publicist pitching me every client of theirs, or it is a company sending me every little bit of news. The chances are so low that these emails will be relevant to me, so they become noise. I delete them all without looking. I've been trained to ignore. And look, I'm not just making a point about pitching media. I'm talking about anything here. If you are not filtering based on what is highly relevant for the person that you're reaching out to, you are going to become noise to them. And that is why I'm saying, hold your fire and then shoot when it really, really counts. And that to me is a lesson about language too, right? Because sometimes the greatest language that we can use is patience, silence, judgment, is showing people that when we speak, we are to be listened to. I don't know. Do you remember that character, Silent Bob, from Clerks and Mallrats and Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back or whatever? That guy doesn't talk. It's it's the same bit every time, which is that he doesn't talk the entire movie. And then at the very end, he says exactly the thing that the main character, whoever, like needs to hear, right? He just, he has the perfect insight. He has held his tongue so that when he speaks, everyone listens. And we don't have to be that, obviously. We don't have to be that. And there are are great relationships that we have in business where we should be in touch every single day, all the time. I get it. I mean, look, here I am babbling to you as I do every week. And you, you, if you're listening to me now, then you perhaps listen to me regularly. And there are times to be communicating on the regular, but also there are times where we just got to watch it. And we got to say, I will train somebody to know that when I reach out, it is because I've got something. I understand them and my words will have more value to others because when they come, they come with weight. Hold your fire. All right. So that's it. Those are my two ideas on language. I hope that they inspire you to become better communicators. I hope you didn't just enjoy them, that you find them valuable. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.